Hello, my friend, and welcome to the Mark Stuchowski Podcast, the show that's all about helping you perform at an optimum level. I am Mr. Productivity, and it is my obsession in life to teach you how to be more productive in our increasingly distracted world. And one of the ways I do that is by inviting you to sign up for the free seven-day productivity challenge. You just give me two minutes a day for a week, and I will give you simple, easily implementable strategies on how you can become more productive. To get on the free challenge, just go to my website, mrproductivity.com. Remember, Mr. is all spelled out, Mr productivity.com. Today in the show, we have Ron Webb as our guest. We are going to be talking about social accountability and how to tame that email inbox that is, let's face it, really out of control. So let's get to it. Ron, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Mark. Uh, thanks for having me. Looking forward to it. Uh, Ron and I are both uh, re- residents of Houston, Texas, and we were sharing before we uh, started recording the episode that uh, today is uh, January 22nd. We're having a rain all day long. And as a daily runner, as my listeners know, I run every day. Uh, I don't like running in 45 degree rain, but my streak is alive and uh, I didn't die. So here we are doing the podcast listener. Yes, I did say January 22nd. You are listening to this episode the day after recording. So it is pretty relevant. So Ron, so glad to have you on the show. Take about 60 seconds or less and tell everybody who you are and what you do for a living. Sure. Um, uh, my name is Ron Webb. Uh, I've worked for about 23 and a half years uh, at a local nonprofit organization that helps organizations uh, improve uh, whatever it is they want to improve. Uh, I recently have decided I want to go find out what I'm going to do for the next 23 and a half years of my life. So I'm in the middle of that journey right now. And it's uh, both scary and exciting at the same time. <laughs> I, I know what you're going through. I know what you're going through. So let's talk about social accountability, team accountability, management accountability. Accountability is a word that we hear a lot on social media and across the internet, whatever. And I really want to dive into that because I think that my theory is, and I'd like to know your thoughts on this. I think a lot of people tell themselves stories and, and they, they keep everything in their minds and they say, you know what? It's not that bad. I'm doing okay. Things are fine, but they're not sharing whatever they're going through, their journey, whatever. They're not sharing that. And as a result, they may not be telling themselves the truth. So what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, you know, um, like you, I'm a, a fitness buff myself. And uh, I, I went to when I was in college, my background was in health, uh, initially in community health, uh, which deals with hu- uh, human behavior. And that was one of the things that was frustrating for me in that space, uh, and continues to be somewhat frustrating um, in fitness. Uh, so nutrition, fitness, and I also see within productivity, kind of the same core problem in that uh, you know, people want an outcome, but they don't want to take the accountability for making it happen because it's, it is about behavior change. And, you know, we develop our behaviors based on habits and then changing those can be tough. And some of them aren't easy to change and some of them aren't yours to change. Uh, for instance, in productivity, you know, one of the excuses that I hear when people say, well, you know, I can't manage my time the way that you do because I have a crazy boss and, you know, I can put things on my calendar and they'll just come in and just, you know, schedule over it all the time. And so um, that comes up all the time. And it usually 
what I found is the conversations, it, it was extremely interesting that they go, they're very similar between fitness, nutrition, and productivity that people will start, uh, they want to talk about any of those topics and you'll get about four or five minutes into it and you quickly realize that they don't want to have the conversation so they can learn. What they're doing is they're listening to the conversation with confirmation bias and they're sitting there looking for the things that are going to, that they can hang their hat on to say, well, I can't do that. And that's what starts happening. They go, oh, well, I, I could never do that. I couldn't, I couldn't use that technique because of X or because of Y, because of Z. And what I found is that's just the way that we skirt accountability when it comes to what, you know, what we want to do and how we want to uh, manage our time and prioritize our time. I love how you said, you know, I could never do that. I hear that a lot. Uh, yeah. Well, Mark, you're a productivity guy. Uh, you know, I have bad days too. I mean, anybody who comes on this show or, you know, engages with me on social media or from the stage and says, Oh, I never procrastinate or I always get things done every time on time. You're known as a liar. Everybody has these issues. The difference is the people who are very productive. They have small small times, a slice of the time, where they are struggling, where a lot of people, and then they confront that. That's another thing. I like how you said conversation bias, where people are just listening to see, okay, yeah, I'm on the right path or not in the right path. And if you have some constructive feedback, they kind of turn you off. And, and I think that's really important what you said, because I don't like the word never, because never means, well, never. It's never going to happen ever. And how do you know? you are not going to be able to do something like that unless you try it. Yeah. Um, I, the, one of the things, if not the core thing that I think most people wrestle with when they're trying to shift to becoming more productive is that they do see it as black and white and they can't see the path from where they are to where they want to be. Because again, it's not going to be perfect and it's also not going to be perfect on Monday. So what you have to do is figure out how you're going to ease into it and what your roadmap's going to be. So, you know, the, the, the process that I use isn't one that I woke up on a Sunday morning and went, oh, tomorrow I'm going to start doing this. It was things that I started doing and just introduced one technique and introduced another one and changed that one because it didn't work for me the way that, you know, I read about it when I read about it or when I heard about it. And you just have to adjust it because the goal is, is to have more of your time be productive than not productive. And uh, m much of the time, it's just the fact that you don't see that you're doing it. And so being able to take that self-accountability to say, okay, I need to pay attention to what I do. That's the first step to being able to prioritize it and being able to better manage it more often than just letting it happen to you. Are you a planner? Do you take the time to plan your days and weeks? Uh, yeah, I am a planner. Uh, I, I got a degree in planning and I didn't think I'd ever use it, but I use it every day. Um, and I am a planner uh, from a very logical perspective. So in, in general, the way that I do it is that I work on you know 24-hour chunks of time. And so when I come to the... If, if I walk into the office on any given day, uh, there's probably going to be a couple of slots of open time on my calendar that day in case people need me uh, outside of emergencies because, you know, emergencies are exceptions, not the rule. At least I hope they are for most people. Uh, and if the emergency comes up, 
you know, everything gets reprioritized because that is by definition what you have to focus on. But there's usually a couple of slots on my calendar that somebody can get to that day. There's more open the next day and more 48 hours out and so on and so forth. Um, and so what I do towards the end of each day is I start looking at the next couple of days and I'll block the next day except for a couple of slots and maybe fill up a few more 48 hours out, but leave the rest of it alone uh, unless you know I've gotten an invite or something for a week later and I've accepted it. So I just look at each day and kind of rolling two-day uh, time frame. And just, I have found that it works for me that if it's on my calendar, I'll get it done. And so I'll go block time that aren't meetings. It says, you know, work on project Y or work on project Z or, you know, respond to inbox. You know, I've got standard twice a day uh, calendar invites to go do my inbox because I found that's more productive for me than always looking at it. So that's kind of how I do my, my management of time when I'm at work. I love hearing that because one of the things I'm a big proponent on is if you don't tell your time where to go, you'll wonder where it's, where it went. So what I actually do, because I think personal or skill development is important. So I actually put it on my schedule, you know, a couple times a day. It says personal development. Now I could listen to a podcast, watch a YouTube, an educational YouTube video. I could read a book, whatever the case may be. During that time, I'm not on social media. I am not you know, calling people, texting people, I am doing personal development. I do the same thing for my podcast. There's certain times that during the week I schedule for interviews such as this, and I don't do anything else during that time. And here's the thing is there's two ways to look at a calendar or planning. There are things that are set in time. In other words, this interview, you scheduled this, I'm not going to move this interview. But let's say I scheduled personal development for 9 a.m., but then I had a client call me at the last minute and say, hey, can I can I book an hour of time? Well, that personal development time can happen at 9 o'clock, it can happen at 11, it can happen at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. So that's called a flexible appointment. Do you use that kind of scheduling, the fixed versus flexible? Yeah, I have a combination of all those things. So like, for instance, if I put on my calendar that I'm going to, you know, I'm, I'm, I check my inbox and I focus on it twice, uh, you know, twice a day. But if something has come up and somebody sends me an invite and I need to address that that day or over that 30 minute block that I usually use, I can slide that out of the way because I can do it anytime I need to. If I got to do it 30 minutes before, 30 minutes later, there's, there's no deadline on me looking at my inbox. It's just always there. Uh, and so, Whenever I'm checking my inbox and if there's something that's a higher priority that's come up for the next day, you know, I got to readjust things. And again, this isn't about having, there's no process that's going to work a hundred percent of the time. And that's not what this is about. It's about acting, acting correctly and in the way that you prioritize, you want to act more often than you don't. Because again, most people get into issues of productivity because they just don't think about it. They just think that their days will prioritize themselves if they just show up to work and start doing things. And that's just not going to happen. You're not going to end up focusing on the things that are a priority to you, your boss, or your organization. At the end of the day, that's why your boss hired you, is to get the priorities of the organization done. And that's what you need to be able to focus your time to do. I am so saddened when I see so many people spend so much time in their email inbox and they always ask me, well, how do I clean it up? And I'm like, well, first of all, don't spend so much time in your inbox. Number two, you didn't get in trouble overnight with your email inbox. Chances are it accumulated over time. And so if you truly want to get your inbox 
in control or under control again, you're going to have to take time to unravel the the yarn that the the cat messed up. And I think people are so impatient in our day and age that they just want to match a cure. So they select all and delete or select all and archive. That doesn't solve the problem because you mentioned earlier that is a, it is an, a behavior issue. And so if you don't address the behavior issue, you're going to be right back in the same pickles you were before. Yeah, you know, where it uh, came home for me, uh, where I finally realized that I needed to look at my inbox differently was it was around vacations. Um, So I had a process for how I managed email during vacation, because let's face it, not all of the time that you have when you're not in the office is, you know, productive time. You know, if you're, if you go to Disneyland, you're going to be standing in line. Mm-hmm. You know, it's inevitable you're going to do that. And that's not value at a time. You're not getting, you know, quality time with your family when you're standing there in 95 degree weather, you know, sweating, waiting to get on a ride. So I use those, I would use those times when I was on vacation to look at my inbox. And all I did during that time was file it away. And I had a folder that said, you know, action needed, read later, or I got rid of it. So during vacation, I kept my inbox clean. And then when I would come back from vacation, I'd always block about two hours for the first day I was back in the office just to go look at that folder that said action required because those were the things that needed action. And those are the highest priorities I had when I got back into the office. Uh, The things that were in the folder that said read later, they weren't a priority. I could read them whenever. They could happen. Whenever I got around to it, if I didn't get around to it, you know, so be it. And so what I found was I could go out of town away from the office for seven to 10 days and come back and deal with the priority that I'd had in my inbox over that seven to 10 days in two hours. And if you do the math of you know seven days handled in two hours, you don't need a whole lot of time to get the value out of your email that you need. So I th- just then said, I'm just not going to always look at my inbox. I'm just going to keep that same process of what's an, what's an action required and what can happen later. And twice a day, very first thing in the morning, I actually did it three times a day. Very first thing in the morning, right before lunch and right before I left. Uh, I'd go look at my inbox and I'd file those things away. And then when I got into the office the next morning, I looked at my inbox to see if there was any new priorities that had come up. And I'd go straight to that action required folder. And I'd start dealing with that, whether that was putting time on my calendar to say, hey, you need to focus on this thing that came up or replying back to that email and giving that person the answer they needed. That So everybody would get an answer within usually three or four hours. If not, worst case scenario, they'd get it you know, 12 hours later. Um, and again, emergencies don't come through email. True emergencies show up in your office over the cube wall. So everybody's always worried they're going to miss an emergency if they don't constantly look at their inbox and it's just not, that's, that's what we can all remember that one time that we think it happened, but that really didn't happen. If it's an emergency, your boss is going to come get you. One of your team members is going to come get you, or you're going to find it and you're going to go find them. I agree. One of the features that seems to be on more and more email clients now is the snooze option, which I love, but a lot of people are not using it correctly. You just can't randomly snooze. Before you snooze an email, you have to say, okay, when am I going to be able to address this email? Like you use the action needed folder. But what I use, I use the snooze feature. 
And because I use G Suite for my email service provider and I will sit there and say, okay, I need to read this email, but I can't read it now. When in my schedule can I read this email? And then I will snooze it for that time. And I think a lot of people, if they start using the snooze button, uh, the snooze feature correctly, they will become more productive. I think what most people are doing, they're just using the, the, the suggested times and they're, then they're snoozing it again and again and again. And the thing never gets addressed because they're not taking the time to be intentional about when do I need to snooze this to for when I can actually look at that email. Yeah. And I've also uh, known people that just, they take the, they can, you can rearrange how you focus on email to the preset cat- category. So one of the options that G Suite gets you, I th- gives you is like later today, 1 PM, if you do it in the morning. Mm-hmm. So one of the times you look at your inbox can be 1 PM. And so all you, every time one comes up, you get real quick, snooze it and go to that preset time that it gives you. Uh, but I agree with th- the key there is having some way of thinking about what you're doing. Uh, when you use that snooze feature, because most people, you know, the analogy I'll make is it becomes like credit card debt. They just keep snoozing and snoozing <laughs> and then all of a sudden they don't know what's out there. And then all of a sudden all of them come due and they're sitting there looking at their email inbox bill and going, oh, wow, there's no way I can handle all that. So then instead of dealing with it, they just grab them all and snooze them all at the same time again <laughs> or start splitting them up. Okay, I'm going to send these to tomorrow and these to next week and these to this and and you just it just constantly builds on itself like a snowball. Absolutely. Let me talk to you about your schedule and how you handle if something blows up. Now, the example I use all the time in my show is in October, in October 2017, my wife fell at home and broke her arm. Now, obviously, my schedule got blown up. And so for the next, not just that day, for the next couple of weeks, I had to completely change everything, how I do everything to care for my wife. So that is an extreme example. But let's say your schedule gets blown up for whatever reason. How do you handle, let's say at 11 o'clock, an atom bomb gets dropped in your schedule. What do you do once you deal with that crisis? How do you deal with the rest of your day? Uh, so, I mean, if it's a true crisis and it needs me like right now, you, you just got to go handle it. I, I, I tend to start first with courtesy. So if something is blown up and I know I've got to immediately go do that, I've got to at least look at my calendar and give the people who I'm not going to be able to meet with or address. So if it's just blocks of my time where I have things I've got to work on, I know I can reprioritize those later. And the good news is because I lose a system, I know exactly what's being impacted. Whereas if I haven't been using a system, I don't know what implication it's going to have on my schedule. So uh, whenever it involves other people, I give them the courtesy of saying, hey, I've had an emergency. Uh, I can't reschedule this right now. I'll be getting back to you within the next few hours to get it rescheduled or within the next day, whatever the time frame is I give them. And then you go deal with it. And then you come back. And because I have a, you know, uh, once you kind of get some situational awareness on what this emergency is going to be and is it going to be something that I can handle in a few hours or is it going to be something that lingers for the next few days or the next few weeks, like your example was, you can at least then start saying, okay, here is the, here is what I need to do to address this. I'm going to need to spend, you know, all day long tomorrow. Then I just go start reprioritizing that day because I know what's out there. Uh, if it's going to be somewhere like in your instance where I'm going to have multiple weeks and I say, you know, I'm going to have to be home in the mornings, come in late and leave early. 
I just then start reconfiguring my schedule to that and moving the times that, you know, I can, you know, so that may be an instance where one of those things I like to do, like the professional development option you gave, that probably had to go on hold for a little bit when you went through that. And, mm-hmm. and those are the things and the decisions that you can make. But again, I, the, the key comes down to you don't know how to manage it if you don't know what it is. And when everybody just kind of has that hot, that hidden pile of stuff in their inbox or in their being snoozed and they don't know what it is, they're constantly dealing with, you know, uh, the ramifications of this emergency for days and days and days and days, because if you can't see it, you can't measure it and you can't manage it. Hmm. You, you mentioned a word that I want to camp out on for a few minutes that I think will be really uh, beneficial for my listener. You talked about systems and if someone is listening to this podcast and like email systems. Um, so expand to me, expound, expand, Elaborate. That's what I'm looking for. Elaborate uh, about what you mean by systems. Yeah. The, the way that I mean those systems aren't from a technical perspective. It's not a, a technical system that I use to manage this. I used in, in my corporate life, I use Outlook and I use the email and the calendar. And then I have a, a productivity application that I use that helps me uh, keep track of details within projects or initiatives initiatives that I'm working on. And so I don't have to have all of the the details and the steps of what I'm going to do when I work on project X. I have a project in that application tool or in that productivity tool that I use. That's where all the details of here, the different phases and the different steps and what the priorities are and what I estimate the time to be to need to work on it. So all that stuff happens outside of that. But just to manage uh, my time, I use uh, Microsoft Outlook. I do the same thing in G Suite for personal things. Uh, the system that I was referring to is just having a, you know, a set methodology or a set of tools that you use to think about your time. So when I was explaining earlier that I work, my, my general system is to work on a two to two to three day rolling uh, time frame. Uh, that when I get to the end of a day, I go plan out the vast majority of the next day but leave a few spots open. Then the next day has a few more spots open and the next day is pretty fairly wide open. And I just constantly fill up the next day at the end of the day, a little bit of two days uh, from now at the end of the day. And then just do that each time that I go get to the end of the day. I think a real key for people's success in planning in email management, whatever is intentionality. I mean, what, do you want to be reactive or proactive? Of course, most productive people want to be proactive. I think people need to say, what is my intention for today? As I make my schedule, what truly needs to get done? And I think people who, who are like you and me, who schedule our time and stick to our schedule, we're by default more productive than if someone says, well, because you mentioned earlier, I'll just let my time happen. Well, that's the worst thing you can do. That's being in reactive mode. And that's what happens when you come home after a long day at work. You feel exhausted, but you can't put your finger on anything you did that day because you were not intentional. Yeah, uh, I agree. So the, the, the things that there are a few things that that I unpack within that uh, being intentional, the intentionality of it. Um I've always had a personal habit and it's just the way that I was raised uh, that it, at the end of every day when I get in my car and I go to start it, 
I ask myself a question. And that question is, did this organization get its money's worth out of me today? And you have to be extremely honest with yourself because you can just go, oh yeah, it did. Oh yeah, it did. But you got to be really honest with you and with yourself. And that's where you're having that conversation of, it's not what did I do today? Because I could have only gotten one thing done today. But if that thing was the thing that unlocked something uh, for a project to move to the next phase, uh, or, or it had a huge impact on the organization, they got their money's worth out of me that day. It's not about volume. And so the things that you have to have, in my view, uh, to be intentional is you have to have a, a, you have to be really honest with yourself. Honest and, and use a tool. That's the one that works for me. I ask myself that question every day and I'm really honest. And if they didn't get their money's worth, I double down the next day and I, you know, I'll, I'm, I'm working hard. Uh, I'm going to make it up to them. I always want to make sure that the organization, uh, I give more to the organization than, than I feel I get a lot because I'm very purpose driven and I always have worked in mission driven organizations. And so I work at places that have a purpose other than just, you know, creating, you know, shareholder value for uh, shareholders or, you know, putting more widgets out in the world. Uh, but that's just me. That, that, that isn't good or bad. Um, the other thing that you have to have is you have to have some connection between yourself and your work and the success of the organization. You have to understand how you fit and the things that you do fit into the value that your organization creates, whether that be for members, whether that be for clients, whether that be for shareholders, whoever it may be, you've got to understand how the things that you do on a day-to-day -day basis impact that. Because if you don't, it's really hard for me at least to understand what the priority is and what the things are that are valuable to me. Because I can tell you that my boss doesn't care whether I've emptied my inbox or not. My boss cares whether I've added uh, and contributed to our organization's ability to serve our members. That's what my boss cares about. And if your boss doesn't care about that, you know, that might be an indication that you, you need to start finding a way to find that connection yourself. Uh, if, if you have to, you know, you know, find it in other ways, if your boss isn't going to give it to you. Uh, the other way that you have to be really honest with yourself is you have to understand human behavior. And email inboxes is a great example of that. We love uh, email inboxes because it gives us a false sense of accomplishment. It gives us that little dopamine surge. Every time we go over, oh, I just clicked an email and it got it done and it went away. And you get your brain goes, yay, and releases all the, the pleasure hormone dopamine. And then you, you go, yes, I want to do that again. But you haven't really done anything to really contribute uh, to the organization that day. And you haven't really accomplished anything other than got one more little row out of your inbox. Hmm. Very, very good point. And I just want to point out that uh, the, the, the the thing you shared with us about starting your car, Brendan Burchard calls that a trigger. And you do it all the time. You have to start your car to go home. And so it's a great opportunity to ask yourself that question. Uh, speaking of Brendan Burchard, he has a, a planner called the High Performance Planner. And I it's my favorite planner. I've used many of them in my life. I get nothing out of it. If you go to Amazon, type in High Performance Planner, buy the planner. I get nothing. Out of it. There's no affiliate link. But I love the planner because it's all about 
about triggers. It's all about intentionality. It's not just the old fashioned planner back in the day. It actually asks you a bunch of questions in the morning. So you start your day intentionally. And at night, it asks you more questions to reflect on how, what kind of a day did you have? And I think that's really important that you live every day with intention. A lot of people just come home from their day and like, eh, it was okay. And they, they, they can't get excited about their day. And if you can't get excited about most of your day, uh, I think you need to step back, like you suggested, and, and maybe uh, find out what you need to do. Maybe you need to get another job. Maybe you need more training or something. But you only get one life, and I really believe people need to really get excited about what they do. And if they don't, they need to address that. Would you agree? Oh, yeah, definitely. And that w- that is one of the... Um the byproducts that process is that when I go to start my car and I go, did they get their money's worth out of me that day? Uh, and I go, what I found, uh, and I've been lucky enough to have worked at an organization where I, I got to run a lot of different departments to get a lot of really great different experiences, uh, because I get bored really easily. And in that process of, you know, going to start the car and asking myself that question every day, that's where, uh, I would find, you know what? Yeah, they did. But I didn't get a whole lot of, you know, excitement out of that. That's, you know, I've done it. I've done this day and I've done this day 365 times this year. And, you know, I know I can do this day. I can crush this day for the next 365 days uh, of a year, but it's not what it's not charging my batteries. And that's uh, a good, if you're honest with yourself and you have that type of conversation come out of it, you can really start understanding whether it's, whether you want to take on a new challenge, whether that's going to your boss and saying, Hey, I think I can take on more responsibility. Cause hopefully if you think that you crushed that day, uh, your boss did as well. And you can have that conversation and say, you know what? I, I feel like I can do this job. I can do it really well. And I feel like I'm ready to go to the next level. And you can start having career path choices with your boss just by asking yourself that simple little question every day. Love it. Well, Ron, you've given us a lot to think about on the show today. I want to thank you so much for being here. Where can we find out more about you online? Uh, You can just go uh, hit my LinkedIn profile. It's uh, Ron Webb. uh, And that, that has all the information about everything that I've got going on right now. Okay. Well, I really appreciate your time and attention. You gave us a lot to think about and I learned from you and I know my listeners did as well. So thank you for being part of the show today. No problem. Thanks, Mark. And just before we go, don't forget to head on over to my website, mrproductivity.com. There you can sign up for the free seven-day productivity challenge. You can find out about my productivity coaching, my course, and where I am on social media. Everything happens at mrproductivity.com. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Mark Stuchowski Podcast. If you haven't done so already, it would mean the world to me if you would subscribe to the show and then maybe tell two or three of your friends if you're getting value from the show the value you receive and finally i would love to hear from you you can either go to mrproductivity.com or find me on social media send me a dm let's let me know what you thought of the episode what you think of the podcast i create this to serve you and i certainly hope i am doing that so thank you so much again for listening until we meet again my friend go be productive